Hi there, and God bless you. I'm Brian Hallam. I pray that this message is a blessing to you. Thank you for downloading it, and thank you for following me on Twitter and Instagram and for liking and sharing what we post there. I just want you to know that I believe God wants to do something great in your life and in your family. So as we go into the Word today, let's go in with faith and hope and a high level of expectation for what God is going to do in your life. You may be seated. John chapter 5, verse number 1. I want to talk for just a few minutes today about the fact that it's no accident. Many things look like accidents, but the Hebrew word coincidence doesn't exist. So a lot of times what we think are happenstance or accidents are actually set up. Somebody say set up. It's no accident. When I was in college, I, uh, I went to a couple of different schools. And the, the school that I graduated from, I was there and, and I had great aspirations for winning the entire school to God. So I would, I would go around witnessing and just uh, trying to share faith with people and whatnot. And I had uh, a vacancy for a roommate. I needed a roommate. And I began to pray and ask God to send me somebody that had some very specific had some very specific requests. And I'm not saying you have to pray like this, but this is how I particularly pray. I said, God, I, I want them to love you. I, I want them to not drink um, just because I didn't want to be around a bunch of uh, drinking in, in the dorm and I didn't want my dorm to become a party dorm or something like that. I said, I want them to love you. I want them to be passionate about evangelism. Uh, I want them to like to lift weights because I, I really liked to lift weights. And the last thing, just kind of a side note, I said, I want him to like baseball. And so I prayed this prayer fervently, believing God. And everybody that I met at school, I thought, well, maybe this is the one, maybe that's the one. And finally, after about a month, I never really saw anybody. So I was just like, ah, oh, and I just kind of forgot about it. And then one day I was in the gym and I was working out. And, and at that time, you know, I was, I was real serious about it. And, you know, when you're in college, you know, you have a little bit more time. I know it doesn't, if you're in college, you know, it doesn't feel like that, praise the Lord. But compared to, you know, three kids and, and stuff like that, a lot of times in college you have some time to go exercise more than you, you would have normally. And, and so I was working out and this guy came up to me and he said to me something like, hey man, do you know where the cafeteria is on campus? And I'm like, bro, like get a map. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, like I am exercising, leave me alone. And I said, well, it's over there or whatever. And I was just kind of real short with him. I'm not proud of it, but I wasn't real, you know, receptive. And, and about 10 minutes later, the same guy walked back up to me. He says, hey, man. He says, uh, do, you, uh, do you know where the, the basketball court is around here? And I'm like, bro, what do I look like? Like the welcoming committee, you know? <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, it's over there, you know, kind of thing. And, uh, finally, I'm about, to, I'm about to leave. And he stops me on the way out the door. And he says, hey, 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 do you know where such and such parking lot is, a particular parking lot. And I'm like, yeah, I know where it is. And I kind of pointed and I walked out. And each time that this young man had talked to me, that voice on the inside of me said, ask him where he lives. And each time I said, no, I am working out. So the third time, I said, no, I'm, I'm leaving. I'm ready to go. You know, I've got, I got to go, go take my protein shake right now. I got a 20-minute window that that protein's got to get in to max. This stuff isn't cheap. I got that protein powder. I'm shaking it up. I don't want it to get hot. You ever drank a hot protein shake? I don't want a hot protein shake. Come on, God, let me do my thing. 
So I'm walking out. I get out through the, the first set of doors. There's one more set of doors. And I hear that voice say to me again, asking where he lives. And I thought, now I start negotiating with the Lord. I said, that'd be weird, Lord. You know, me to walk back in there. I've been rude to him three times in a row. And then just go ask him where he lives. And the Lord said, maybe you should have done what I said the first time. Whom the Lord loves, he chastens. Chastens means corrects. Many of you, the Lord has corrected you. And I think we ought to thank God, the fact that he's not willing to leave us how we were. So I walked back in there. I said, hey, man. I said, uh, you know, where do you live? And he just kind of cocked his head sideways. And he says, that's interesting you should ask. I'm actually staying in a hotel. I said, really? He said, I've recently transferred here. And I haven't found a place to stay. I'm looking for a place to stay. So now it's starting to, you know, starting to light up in me. And now I'm starting to feel like a prophet. You know what I'm saying? Now I'm starting to feel holy. Praise the God. Praise God. So I'm like, oh, thou art new here? And he says, he says, yeah. So I said, I said, well, look. I said, you're trying to get to that parking lot. He said, yeah. I said, well... I can tell you're new to the gym. <laughs> I'm joking. I said, if you're about done, I'll drive you to that parking lot. I'm just parked right down the road, you know, or right down the thing. He said, okay, great. So he gets in my truck and my Bible, which at that time, praise the Lord, wasn't a, an iPad. It was a Thompson chain reference, King James Bible, you know, this big. It was, it was approximately, I got the coffee table size edition. You know what I'm talking about? The kind you had to carry like this and wear a weight belt to keep from throwing your back out when you pick it up. And that was those days where you, you, the holier you were was the more tore up your Bible was. So you're like, you're like throwing it around. You're like, I want this thing to look tore up. Not really, but. So he gets in my, in, my bio, in my truck, and he sees the Bible, and I, and I go to, to move it out of the way. And he goes, oh, are you a Christian? I said, yeah. He goes, I couldn't tell it the way you acted in there. <laughs> he didn't say that. <laughs> but I didn't act like a Christian. So anyway, I said, I said yeah, I'm a Christian, man. Praise the Lord. I said, uh, as a matter of fact, I said, I'm... Just believe in God for, you know, things to, you know, go well and stuff. And he, we were driving over. He goes, man, me too. He goes, matter of fact, I'm coming here, but I believe God is sending me here. And while I'm here, I want to help evangelize this campus. And I'm like, he likes to work out, okay? He wants to evangelize. He's a Christian. I'm like, all right, we're three out of five here, okay? So we're driving to his, to his car, and I said, look, man. I said, you're, you're living in a hotel? He said, yeah, I just got here. Don't know street names or anything. I'm just trying to figure it out. I said, okay. He goes, he goes, what's interesting, he says, I'm here because I'm walking on to the baseball team. And I'm like, all right, now we're getting somewhere, you know. <laughs> this might be God, you know. There's a chance, you know. So I, I get over to his car, and he, i never forget, he drove a, a Lincoln Continental and I thought, I thought, okay, Lincoln Continental, you know. And he go, it turns out his dad owned a limo business, and it had like 400,000 miles on it. But it was sweet looking, you know, it was cool. So I said, hey, I said, look, this is going to sound weird, I said, but, or, or it may sound forward. I said, but, you know, I've got, a, I've got a, a vacancy in my apartment. I said, I need a roommate. I said, if you'd like, 
why don't you come look at it? I said, if it works out and you stay at my apartment for two weeks, no charge. I said, because if, if I don't like you or you don't like me, like, I ain't trying to sign a contract. I mean, you may be nuts, you know what I'm saying? I ain't trying to get you in here too quick. I said, but, but if it works out, whatever. So I'm like, cool. He goes, he goes yeah, yeah, I'll follow you over. So he followed me over. We get there. We talk. We totally connect, totally hit it off. And he gets up there. He said, man, I'd love to live here. And I said, I said great. He said, there's only one, one question I've got. That's what he says to me. He goes, he goes, man, I've really been praying. He said, I've been praying to have a roommate that, you know, wanted to study the word together, a roommate that wanted to help evangelize the campus. He said, but it's really important to me. And I don't mean to, I'm not trying to judge you. He said, but I want, I want to live with a roommate that doesn't drink. And I said, well, welcome home. (laughs) What I'm saying is no accident. So when you take this card and you fill it out, like it's no act. The people that are in your life, it's not an accident. If if God was done with you, you'd be in heaven already. It's not not by happenstance that they're in your life. So when when you think about these people, these are the people that God has strategically given you a voice into their life so that you can target them to make an eternal effect on their life. Not only eternal, but you can have an, a positive effect on their life while they're on planet earth too. The Bible said Jesus, he said, I came to give you life and life more abundant. Not just life, but to have an abundant life here. So the people in your life are not there by accident. Somebody say, I get it. They're, they're, not, they're not there just so you can, you know, have, uh, you know, 8,000 friends on Facebook. Those people that you have a, a, a voice into their life, God has strategically positioned you there to be his mouth in the situation to tell them what he actually thinks about them. Did you know there's people walking around that have no idea that God actually loves them? They have no concept that they can actually talk to God and he will... He'll answer your questions. The Bible says you have not because you didn't ask. You, a lot of people don't know. So the people that you're targeting, this is what I want to share about just for a few more minutes today, about, about what it means to target those that are lost. Because I think we have a lot of ought to. Everybody knows we ought to witness for God. Just raise your hand and say, yeah, I know, duh, preacher. Sometimes we don't know how. Sometimes we don't know how to help this, the conversation get to Jesus. How do we get it there? Well, number one, you have to have a target. You have to know where you want to go or you'll never get there. If you want to drive to Dallas, the first thing you have to do is decide Dallas is the destination. Then you can build a map to get there. But if you don't know the destination, you'll never get there. So your friends and family that you have a voice in their life, you've got to decide, you know what, I'm going to invite them to church. Now, this is the destination of the conversation, and now you begin to strategically build a map that will get you to that place, and what you'll find is the moment you decide to make that a priority, God begins to strategically develop the opportunities for you. As soon as he realizes you're willing, he'll give you the opportunity. As soon as he realizes he can trust you to share about and, and so you don't have to have the Bible memorized, what you do is you do exactly what I just did. All I just did right there is tell a story about what God did in my life. In your life, your story is going to sound a lot different. won't be near as interesting as mine. <laughs> I'm just kidding. But your stories are going to be your stories. I don't, say the, I don't tell all this stuff to try to impress you. I tell all this stuff to try to impress upon you that God can use anybody. If he can use me, believe me, he can use anybody. So I want to give you just an example of what Jesus did 
when he was very strategic, very targeted. John chapter 5, verse 1. After this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went to Jerusalem. Somebody say, Jerusalem. Anytime you hear about Jesus going to Jerusalem or anybody else going to Jerusalem, what you're hearing about is they're going to the place where they believe God was. They're going to the holy city of God. They're going to that place. Anytime you see that, it's almost like they're going to church. It's almost like they're going to small groups. It's almost like they're going to a a first touch meeting. It's almost like they're going to a place where they know God was, a place where they know they'll be sharpened. The Bible says, now there was at Jerusalem by the sheep market a pool, which is called in the Hebrew tongue Bethesda. Everybody say Bethesda. Bethesda is very interesting. It means house of mercy. So God just showed us what kind of church you should go to. You should go to a house of mercy. If you go to church and all they do is beat you up at church, I wouldn't, I wouldn't leave that church. I'd leave that church in a hurry because God doesn't go around beating people up. It's not who he is. He sets people free. Somebody say amen. Where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. There is freedom. If you constantly are put under the weight of religion, I would run from religion as fast as you can because literally it will destroy your family. Amen. It'll give you, it'll give you uh, targets that you can't hit and nobody else is hitting them either. They just act like they're hitting them. What happens is, is you get in a relationship with God and He begins to change you on the inside. Now everything on the outside starts to act and look different, but it's not because you started acting different first. You got changed on the inside and now who you are actually begins to shift and you begin molded back into the likeness and image of God how you were originally created to be. It's called relationship. Somebody say relationship. Religion will kill you, but a relationship will set you free. That's what Jesus came. When Jesus walked around, He got mad at religious people. He never got mad at people that didn't know him. He got mad at the people who acted like they knew him but would make it hard for, for other people to get to him. So the Bible says that they went to, uh, uh, they, that, that he came to a place which was basically called the house of mercy. And there, the Bible says, verse 3, and these lay a great multitude of impotent folk, a bunch of sick people, blind, halt, couldn't walk, withered, waiting for the moving of the water. The reason they waited for the moving of the water was because an angel went down at a certain season into the pool, troubled the water, and whoever then first, after the troubling of the water, when the waters were troubled, stepped in, was made whole of whatsoever disease they had. Now, that's a pretty cool place. An angel would come down, I don't know if it was his wings or what, but would trouble the water, and the first person that would get in the water would be healed of whatever infirmity that they had. But there was a multitude of sick people around. Verse 5. And a certain man, everybody say certain. Certain. A certain man was there, which had an infirmity 30 and 8 years. And when Jesus saw him lie, saw him laying there, and knew that he had been there a long time in that case, he said unto him, will you be made whole? Number one, you got to be in the right place. You got to be in the right place. You got to find yourself at the house of mercy. You got to reboot once a week, twice a week if you can get to the house of God. You got to get to that right place where the waters have been troubled before. When we were worshiping God earlier, the waters were troubled. A, a rock could tell you that the Spirit of God was in this place. But when the waters are troubled, that's the place. That's how you know that's a place I need to be. What's it called? The house of mercy. You find yourself in a place where mercy reigns. The vision of our church is super simple. If you know it, say it with me. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. We are making a strategic, wise choice to be merciful. We are making the choice to love people first 
and then point them to Christ. Because if they don't know that we love each other, they won't even know we're Christians. The Bible says they, they'll know you by your love for one another. They'll see Christ in you by how you love each other. Number one, you got to be in the right place. Number two, uh, when you see somebody, when somebody in your life, this is like evangelism 101, and when I say that, I don't necessarily mean like you walk down the street and grab a little speaker and start preaching on the corner, which is a way to do it, and I celebrate everybody that does that, but I'm talking about your life, those people. My, my friend's name, and he's still my friend today, uh, that became my roommate, and we won a lot of people to the Lord together. His name is Shane. That was a strategic moment where there was a lot of people around, but in my eyes, there was a certain person. You see what I'm saying? God will give you these people on your target list. These are the certain people that he's given you a voice into their life. Amen. It's the people that are at the cubicle next to you, the office next to you, the desk next to you, that teach the class next to you, that's in the teacher's lounge with you, that takes the same class that you take. It's the person that's at your dear lease. It's the person that you always see at Starbucks. It's the person that you see at McDonald's whenever you're getting a quarter pounder with cheese. Praise the Lord. Must be getting close to noon. <laughs> Old stomach started talking there for a minute. But that's that certain person. That's that certain person in your life. So what we do is we strategically have communication and conversation like Jesus did. And you, this person was sick for 38 years. Everybody say 38. 38. 38 years is important because it lets you and me know it's never too late for anybody. There are people that come to this church that got born again in their 70s and 80s. It's never too late for anybody. Number one, you got to be in the right place. Number two, you got to pay attention to those certain people in your life. Jesus saw him and asked him, will you be made whole? Verse 7, the impotent or the man that couldn't walk answered, said, sir, I have no man when the water is troubled to put me into the pool. But while I am coming, another steps in before me. I have no man to put me in the pool. Remember the Bible says there was a multitude of sick people. Constantly being around sick people will not heal you. But it will infect you. I'm not saying we don't win the lost. I'm not saying that we don't go into all the world and preach the gospel. I'm saying if the people you're living life with are sick spiritually, they have bad ideas about God, constantly doubting, constantly living a lifestyle that doesn't magnify God, before it's over, what's on them is going to get on you. So what you have to do is you've got to get free so that you can go back and help set other people free. Somebody has to get out. On September 16th, it's not just our, our, our Easter Rewind, it's also group day. We're gonna have, we have several uh, life groups that are starting all over the community. Maybe that's you and you say, you know what, preacher? I think I need to change some of my friends. And sometimes saying no to friends now does not mean no forever, but it does mean if that's the way you're going to act and behave and talk about things and talk about God and everything is just whatever. Listen, I can't be around that indefinitely. 
Because that toxic, those toxic thoughts and ideas, they get on you. And the first thing that the man says is, well, I'm surrounded by a bunch of people that can't help me. I have no man. When it comes to your life, you got to be helping people and you got to surround yourself with people that can help you. What do they look like? The Bible says they look like you. Blood-bought, born-again Christians. And what happens is iron begins to sharpen iron. And when something good happens in your life, they celebrate it. When something bad happens in your life, they cry with you. When something bad happens in their life, you cry with them. When something good happens to them, you celebrate with them. And what happens is now you're not like this impotent man that can't walk or do anything else. You're not saying, I don't have a man. You're saying, no, no, I got a, I got a whole group of people. Show me that in the Bible. The first thing Jesus did was build a small group. Before he went winning anybody, he said, I'm going to need about a dozen people. Because there's going to be some times when it's going to get tough. And I'm going to need some, some, some people around me that can, that can, that can uh, take what I'm imparting and they can take it to the world. So September 16th, pay close attention, especially social media the next couple of weeks. Because you'll be able to see what life groups are available. Maybe you would say it differently. Maybe say, you know what? I'm very passionate about that. And I'd like to be a, a life group leader. Maybe that's you. Maybe you've been living for God and you have some, you have some, some passion in that area. Uh, you can see Shardana Bragg. Uh, stand up, Shardana, if you would. Y'all give her a big hand, our operations director. You can see Shardana right after church in the lobby. She'll help you with that. But, but literally, you got to be around people because here's what happened. When you're around nothing but sick people, and I'm talking spiritually, I'm not talking about. They, won't, they don't help you get well. And they're not trying to make you sick. Doubt and unbelief is communicable. You, they're not trying to put it on you. It just gets on you. That's why we have to work so hard to get that stuff washed out of us. Maybe you come from a family that didn't believe God. Maybe you come from a family that did believe God, but you believe God was mean. Maybe you come from a family that, wanted, that God wanted to make you poor. Maybe you came from a family that thought God wanted to make you sick. you got to wash all that stuff out. And the way you wash it, the Bible says, is with the washing of the water of the Word. The Word of God begins to wash you. And all of a sudden, you begin to see clear. Then you get the mind of Christ. Now you begin to go, oh my goodness gracious. His will for my life is to prosper and be in health. Now all of a sudden, it begins to expand. And you get around people that believe that same idea in the Bible now all of a sudden iron begins to sharpen iron and all of a sudden what used to be a world that you were the only one pushing in one direction now you're at New Heights Church and everybody's pulling in the same direction it begins to change who you are from the inside number one you got to be in the right place number two you got to recognize those targeted people number three you got to find somebody the reason we say life group is because it's a place where life is experienced. Everybody has family, but then you have the family and friends that you choose to do life with. When I get to heaven, I want to have lived life, honored God the whole way, and I don't want, because I'm going to die at 120 years old. I'll be super healthy at the time, super smart too. But when I go, I want to be way different than I am now. I want to be further along in God. I want to know Him more. I want to have seen more miracles. I've seen a lot. I want to have seen more miracles. I want to see churches all over the world built up, strengthened. Because we surround ourselves with the right people. Come on, give God one more hand of praise right there.
Very quickly, the impotent man, verse 7, answered, I don't have a man when the water's troubled to put me in the pool, but while I am coming, another steps in down before me. The world is always worried about somebody else getting what belongs to them. Think about it. The world is always worried about somebody stepping on their neck and getting the promotion. But when Jesus says it's promotion day, when Jesus says it's time for you to rise up, no devil in hell can stop it. No sickness can stop it. No person can stop it. No company can stop it. No judgment can stop it. No lawsuit can stop it. When Jesus says it's your time, Remember when the, the Israelites that, that for, for almost 400 years were, were making bricks for the Egyptians, building their kingdom, building their kingdom? They had no idea that the wealth of the wicked was being stored up for them. The Bible says that almost, 300, almost 400 years that the Lord said, All right, today's the day when I'm going to set you free. And the Bible says they had so much gold and silver on the day that God set them free that they were dropping. It was just falling everywhere. The Bible says there wasn't one person feeble among them. When God decides to set you free, nothing can stop it. Verse 8, the Bible says, Jesus said unto him. Everybody just say, Jesus. You ought to say his name several times a day. What's that song? Your name, your praise will ever be on my lips. Ever be on my lips. Ever be on my lips. We used to sing another song, and we would, we would quote that scripture, and we would talk how he's like honey on our lips. You ought to say his name. You say his name, your atmosphere starts to shift a little bit. Jesus, the Bible says, talking to the impotent man, the certain man, there's a multitude of people around, but there was a certain man. Somebody say, that's me. There was a certain man, and Jesus said unto him, rise. I think that's what he's saying to us today. He said, rise. Take up your bed and walk. I believe he's saying that to you today. Maybe you've been carrying it for 38 years. Maybe you've been carrying a burden. Maybe you've been sitting there and you've been surrounded by people that, that maybe they even love you, but they can't do anything for you. They can't do a thing for you. I believe Jesus walked in this room today to tell you today is your day to rise up. He said, take up your bed and walk. Why did he do that? He said, carry that testimony with you. Tell people what I did. Tell people what Jesus did. Don't you, just, don't you just get up and start acting like nobody healed you. You carry that thing out of here. And when somebody asks you why you carrying a bed down the middle of Jerusalem, you say, well, I used to couldn't walk, and the man that healed me told me to tote it around and tell you about it. Sometimes you just need to hear Jesus say, rise up. Sometimes you just need to hear Jesus say, get up off of your troubles now. Sometimes you need to hear Jesus say, today's the day of salvation. Sometimes you just need to hear Jesus say, your yesterdays may have trouble, but your future is going to be bright. Sometimes you just need Jesus to say, here I am. I've brought a, br- a bunch of beauty to replace these ashes. Here I am. I brought a bunch of uh, uh, awareness of what God is doing in your life so that those yesterdays don't seem as tedious. Sometimes it's in the rising up. Because I believe the man, Jesus told him to rise up. It doesn't say he picked him up. I believe the man could have laid there. 
I believe he could have laid right there and he stayed in his infirmity. But because he was willing to do what Jesus said, he was able to walk. He tells us, the Great Commission, going to all the world and preach the gospel. You praying and inviting your friends to church, your friends and family, is the fulfillment of the Great Commission. Doing what Jesus said. And what happens is he begins to do what we cannot do. Finding a way to live for God with the abundant life that Jesus claimed and paid for for us through a group of people that you've chosen to do so with means that you'll never be in the place where you're lying there helpless without somebody to pick you up and put you in the place of miracles. You see, Jesus, he walked that whole porch. Sometimes I just wonder, what made this guy stand out? Certainly, he doesn't have to explain why he does one thing or doesn't do another. But 38 years, numbers in the Bible are always interesting. 10 always represents uh, a time of testing, 10 commandments. Tithing is 10. It's a heart test. There were 10 virgins that were waiting on the bridegroom uh, in the parable that Jesus told. There were 10 uh, plagues that God brought down on. 10 is always a test. It's always a proving period. 38, 3, 8, 11. I think he had just passed out, passed through his testing and was crossing into a new season. 10 and 1. You see, so many times in our life, we have the opportunity to get weary in well-doing right before the time of reaping shows up. In other words, it's always darkest right before dawn. Let's all bow our head and close our eyes, please. I sense real, real strongly the Lord saying this morning, it's time to rise up. If you're here today, we're going to do it a little different today. If you're here today and you say, preacher, that's me. I sense God telling me to rise up. Just right at your chair, just stand to your feet right now. If you're sensing God telling you to rise up, you say, I've been, I've surrounded myself with people that might have held me back. Some bad decisions might have held me back. Some issues might have held me back. Thank you for your courage. 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 God sees you now. If that's you, you say, God's telling me to rise up. It's time for me to go to new levels. You're never too young. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. Maybe it's an area of faith. You just sense God telling you it's time to rise up. Maybe you have that powerful testimony, but you haven't been carrying it. People are standing up all over. Maybe, maybe you have that powerful testimony, but you haven't been carrying it around. You haven't been telling anybody about it. Today's the day to rise up and take your bed with you. Take your testimony with you. Take it to work. Who is that person? Who's that certain person that's in your life that you know God is shining that light on Telling you, hey, you got an opportunity here. Share what God, what, what God did for you with them. Invite them to a place of life, a place of mercy. Invite them to the house of God. Who is that person in your life? 
If you sense God telling you to rise up, just, just stand to your feet right now. I believe God sees that. The Bible says if you're embarrassed about me in front of men, I'm going to be embarrassed about you in front of my, in front of my father. If you can't stand up for God in church, you'll never stand up for him in Walmart. Say, God's calling me to rise up. He's calling me to go to that next level. I can sense it. I can feel him. I can feel him. He's calling me to go to that next level. Ten more seconds. Because I hear the Holy Spirit saying there's more. Ten more seconds. Ten more seconds. Eight. Seven. Six. Sometimes just an act of faith. And cause God to start moving. Five. Yeah, he'll do it. I feel it. I feel it coming off of you. It's like it slides off your shoulders when you stand up. Four, three, two, one. Everybody's standing. Just lift one hand. Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, you see the boldness of these people. I declare them the certain amongst us. I declare them the certain among us. I say today, Lord God, as they have responded to the call, I'm asking, Lord God, that you would supernaturally empower them to rise up. That they will begin to see you more, to hear you more. I thank you for the anointing that's on their life. I thank you for yokes being destroyed even now come directly against tobacco in the name of Jesus and I say you will not be addicted to tobacco but you will be set free in Jesus name you'll be set free in Jesus name as you rise up God said I just broke that right off your life you'll live out your days your children will see you grow old because of the decision to set a habit aside you will not give place to the devil through something that he has met, that, that we're very clear is harming physical bodies. I thank you for that yoke-destroying power, God. Now, Lord God, for each one of these wonderful people that are standing believing you for the next level, I'm asking the Lord for a double portion of your presence now on them. If you're standing, just lift both hands. Say this, say, I receive everything that God has for me by faith in Jesus' name. Now just let him speak to you for just a moment. Let him heal that hurting heart. Let him take that pain. Let him heal that hurting area. Forgiving them will set you free. Just forgive them. Whatever they did, just forgive them. It'll set you free. Your presence is heaven. To me, your presence is heaven to me. 
Presence is heaven to me, oh Jesus, oh Jesus, your presence is heaven to me, who is like you, Lord, in all the earth. He's pouring over you now a new season of boldness a new depth of experience a new season of hope 20 more seconds just let him wash over you just a moment I feel him even stronger now reasonable response to cry it's a natural thing when something supernatural is happening in your life rise up he says rise up today's the day of rising up for you today's the day of rising up for you today's the day of rising up you've got to rise up you'll never be able to help the others until you rise up you have to rise up You have to rise up. This is an appointed time for you to rise up. This is an appointed time. This is an appointed time for you to rise up, for you to elevate past your infirmities, for you to elevate past your circumstances, for you to elevate past your beginnings. Because how you started is not as important as how you finished and God's not done with you yet. Today is the day that you're going to rise up. Today is an appointed time for you to elevate and to rise up past the cares and troubles of this life. Focusing on who God has called you to be, seeing His hand move in your life, seeing His joy unspeakable, the peace that surpasses your understanding. This is the the appointed time for you to rise up. Your family will never be the same. You can mark your calendar September 2nd, 2018. Your family will never be the same. Today is the day that you've decided to rise up. Your family will rise. You'll see your children serve God. You'll see your grandchildren serve God. Today is an appointed day. It's an appointed day of washing and cleansing, filling and flowing. It's an appointed day of strength and virtue, power and might, grace and forgiveness. When expectation meets Almighty God, miracles take place. I command every person under the sound of my voice to be healed in the name of Jesus Christ. Command every infirmity to go now. I command diabetes to go now in the name of Jesus Christ. I command cancer to go now in the name of Jesus Christ. I declare the report will change by the end of the week in the name of Jesus Christ. The doctor's reports will begin to change. I speak health into your bones, health into your body, 
strength all in the authority of the name of Jesus Christ you say what are you doing I'm declaring a thing you begin to declare a thing God begins to make it happen declare you healthy and whole in the name of Jesus Christ in the name of Jesus Christ I see Arkansas in my spirit for some reason I declare health in Arkansas in the name of Jesus Christ I thank you for it Lord I thank you for health in Jesus name every person under the sound of my voice and watching online I declare you healed by the stripes on Jesus' back. And it's in the authority of that name that we call it done. Today's the day of rising up. Day of rising up. Day of new beginnings. Day of new hope. Day of new joy. A new season. A new season. presence today only you can save only you can heal only you can set captives free only you can change us only you can mold us only you can do these things and you still do them today you could just quietly stand to your feet if you're not standing now if your hands are lifted please put them down for just a second if you're here today and you're not right with God you came to church but you don't know where you stand with the Lord he's here to save you to set you free all those that call in the name of the Lord will be saved saved from what saved from sin saved from hell saved from a difficult life that's uncertain having your feet planted on a solid rock. Maybe you would say it differently. Maybe you would say, I used to walk strong with God, but something happened. I fell away from Him. We sense you now so strong, Lord. Maybe you'd say you fell away from Him. A decision or a series of decisions or events caused you to turn your back on God. Maybe you knew it or maybe you didn't know it and now you're just coming to realization that he might still be your savior but you're not sure if he would call you friend. Maybe that's you. Maybe you're backslidden far from God. Before we close this service, I'm going to give you an opportunity whether you've never said yes to Jesus or you used to walk strong with him and something happened. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today, you're not right with God and you need to give your life to Him for the first time or the first time in a long time. When I count to three, lift your hand. And with an uplifted hand, you're saying, Oh God, remember me. And He really will. His love will envelop you. He will wash you white as snow and you'll have a new beginning today. Your life will start fresh today. You'll still look the same, but you will not be the same. 
His mercies endure forever, and He is waiting at the door knocking. And anybody who will answer, He'll come in. If that's you, you've never said yes to Jesus, or you used to walk strong with Him, but something happened. When I count to three, I want you to lift one hand really tall so I can see it. Nobody's looking around. One, two, three. Lift your hands. I see that hand, 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 I see that hand. Is there anyone else? I see that hand. Never too young, never too old. I see that hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed, please. You're here today said I don't know I want to but I'm cautious I'm scared I'm here to tell you he is not angry with you his anger was extinguished by three driven nails into his only son who went down to the depths of hell put his foot on the neck of the devil and took the keys of death hell and the grave from him He is not angry with you. What you did is not who you are. You are who God says you are. If that's you, and you say, you know what? That's me, preacher. You didn't lift your hand just a second ago. Nobody's looking around, but that's you. Lift your hand right now. One, two, three. I see you. 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 What a, I see you, praise God, praise God, praise God. I see you, praise God. I see you back there. My God in heaven. All right, if you lifted your hand or you wanted to, we're all fixing to pray this prayer. So you can pray it after me. Let's all lift one hand. Church, pray it with us. Say, oh God, I come to you now and I ask you to save me. Write my name in your book. I believe Jesus died and rose from the dead for my victory. I turn from sin and I turn to you. I'm a Christian now. In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Praise God. Congratulations. Great decision. The blood of Jesus makes you free. We'd love to give you some resources. You can stop by the light wall if you made that decision. Let me give you uh, one more question, though, before we leave. If you're here and you've never joined our church, but you know this is the place for you, maybe you've been coming for weeks or months, or maybe it's your first time. Look, our church is simple. We exist to love people and point them to Christ. You know people we don't know. So we need you to help us love people and point them to Christ. If you're here today and you say, man, that's me. I want to join New Heights Church. It's not a long process. There's not 12 steps you have to go through. But we do want to celebrate that decision with you. So if that's you and you say, man, I want to join New Heights. The Bible says those that are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish in His courts. It's our dream that your dreams come to pass. So if that's you and you say, preacher, I want to join New Heights Church today. When I count to three, just lift one hand and let us give you a big round of applause. One, two, three. Lift your hand real tall. Praise God, 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 praise God. I think I'll join today. Praise the Lord. I like this church too. God bless you. Everybody lifted your hand and listened to me. 
I want you to stop by right up here after service. And any first-time guests, I'd love to meet you. I'll be right at these stairs after service. I'd love to say hi. But if you're joining the church, make sure and stop by the light wall and let somebody know it. We celebrate with you. The Bible says in the book of Philippians that when you partner with this church, every grace that's on this house gets on your house. So we're believing God for health in your family, great relationships, increases in your home. And we're just believing God that it's going to be a great season for you. Can we give them one more big hand, y'all? Great decision. Praise the Lord. Lastly, don't forget, if you have a Target card, you can put it in that box. Let's all lift one hand. Father, in Jesus' name, everybody who joined the church, I thank you for increasing them. I thank you they're a partaker of every grace that's on this house. I pray, Lord God, that you would make them a great influence in their home and and those around them. Father, in Jesus' name, for each one of us, bless us coming in, bless us going out in the city and the field, this day and every day. Amen, amen. Come on, give him one more big hand. God bless you. See you Wednesday. We hope you were blessed by today's podcast. If you'd like more information about Pastor Brian or New Heights Church, visit newheightschurch.info and be sure to follow Pastor Brian on Twitter and Instagram. Until next time, thank you so much for liking and sharing.